every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, a ministry of 1-8 Catalyst, where we are pursuing the completion of the Great Commission worldwide. To learn more about our work or to listen to previous episodes, please visit our website at 1-8, spelled out in word form, catalyst.org. That's 1-8-catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this, the 70th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am Mike Falkenstein here again with Ken Watmore. And Ken, it's kind of fun to think about the 70th episode. It is uh, fun to think about the 70th episode. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah, so, it's good. Of course, we, we hope we get to a lot more of those, but uh, it at least means, you know, we've kind of kept at it some and had enough things to talk about and whatnot, so... Yeah, and there's plenty more to talk about. And I, th- one of the things that we talk about when we mention the episode count, sometimes we've talked about seasonal changes. And uh-huh. I think right now, as th- this episode probably, we're in fall swing. Yes, uh, definitely. And the holidays are upon us. And I love this time of year. I'm so excited about seeing mm-hmm. that change. And I started playing Christmas music in my office last week. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I'm guilty. Yeah. <laughs> kind of uh, trying to stretch it out as much as you can. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> That's I love great. it. Yeah, and here in the uh, Denver area, it seems like we're having a just a particularly nice fall. Yeah, it's right. A good perfect. fall. And uh, we, you know, we had that one small snow, but uh, then it's just been really kind of nice weather, very fall weather. So it's been really good. So anyway, well, good. And actually, yeah, as I'm thinking about as we're recording this and then as it'll air, I think it's just on the verge of, you know, our latest trip to China. And so that'll be fun to kind of end the year well there and start our uh, our Bible translation uh, project in Southwest China. And so, yeah, we're kind of continuing to crank along. So, well, Ken, in episode 69, we talked a little bit about sort of what is the gospel We'd started off talking about uh, kind of this Lifeway research uh, poll that they did and how kind of how few people are really sharing their faith on a regular basis. And as you had mentioned, you know, we want to be careful in this episode because a lot of this stuff, this encouraging people towards sharing, and I mean, we've covered this now kind of from every angle. It really is true. Everything from sharing with your neighbors to sharing with, you know, people that you work with to the reasons, we've already touched on a lot of the reasons why churches make this deal with their people, you know, how we are not all that evangelistic. So we want to be a little careful in this episode. I guess as I was praying about what the Lord wanted us to talk about in this, the 70th episode, there was just kind of this piece of, so we talk a lot about the, and maybe it would be good for me to kind of go through our steps of Great Commission fulfillment. So if you guys, if you all remember, uh, in fact, for those that are familiar with our ministry, we actually even have a bookmark that we've created, and we just call it the 1-8 Catalyst Steps Towards Great Commission Fulfillment. And so, obviously, there are four pieces. I think we've even covered this already, Ken, in a uh, in an episode, so we don't sure. want to spend too much time. But in this idea of if the Great Commission is a command for all Christians, which it's very unusual that you'd find someone that knows their Bible that would say otherwise, 
Then you've got, okay, what is the Great Commission? And we've got these five verses, again, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Does then the Great Commission, right, that command to preach the gospel, make disciples, and be his witnesses apply to me, meaning the kind of your average, your Christian brother or sister, Obviously, we have, you know, the command itself and then the verses where Jesus says, like in John 14, 15, where he says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And then I often talk about and think about Luke chapter 6, where he's talking about, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you? And yet, Ken, in that message that we do a lot of here at One Hit Catalyst, it seems like it just, with a lot of people, kind of is kind of like water off a duck's back kind of a deal, right? Just mm-hmm. water under the bridge. And so then, as I was praying over the last couple of weeks, it was just sort of like, I don't know that we really want to do an episode talking about what consequences there may be for disobeying the Lord, but it certainly seems like there are some. And so that's What we're going to actually talk about in this episode is one passage of uh, Scripture in particular and kind of breaking it down in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So, Ken, before we get to the passage itself, kind of help us, help me kind of, you know, fill in the gaps here in terms of wanting to be careful with an episode like this, but still going, yeah, we want to be people who know God's Word intimately and (laughs) obey it completely. This is a passage that we do need to talk about. So kind of give me your thoughts around all that I've just said. Well, I think what, like when we, you and I were talking earlier about maybe, I think the careful part for us was more about going, not just going over stuff that we've gone over several times in a more of a redundant fashion. Not that those things aren't as important as they were the first time we said them, but right. the emphasis on churches and their position towards sharing the gospel and emphasizing the obligation of the Great Commission towards their congregations. I think that that was an area where we probably have covered, not exhaustively, but <laughs> right. enough times to say, you know, hey, this is it's important for churches to stress the importance of sharing the gospel, and that it's that God, if there's one calling that God gave everybody, it's that He wanted all of us who follow Christ to go out and share the good news. So I think that's was more of the careful part of it all. But at the same time, it's important. There's a couple notes that will you know, you've put out here that I think. I'm looking forward to talking about in the this and and after you read the first Corinthians three ten through fifteen. I think that a couple of these notes are, is I just want to say now so we don't forget them is that oh yeah please you, you, you said we are more known for what we are against than what we're for and I think as a church as the global church uh, those who profess to follow Christ um, and have accepted Him as their Savior I think that we are definitely known more for kind of carrying a club and 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 saying you can't do this you can't do that this is wrong that's wrong as opposed to being known for loving and caring for and actually the church is loving and caring for people all over the globe all the time and we actually there's not an emphasis on that often outside of the church because we're recognized more for the caricature the pretty not so friendly caricature that we've been painted as by the the shifting maybe political climates, uh, cultural shifts, things like that. Um, And then the other thing is that our churches, this is another note you have here, our churches have an ineffective evangelistic strategy of you come rather than we go. And I think that's another area where that maybe those two tie into each other, right? I mean, we're supposed to be going out 
to the people who are lost, as opposed to trying to figure out how do we get them to come to us. And you don't get them to come in just by saying, um, we love you, we love you, we love you. We have to go out and say, God loves you. And that's why we're, that's why we're here <laughs> right. because he will leave the 99 to get the one. So we mm-hmm. uh, also need to leave the congregation to go find those who are lost. And interesting. Mm-hmm. Our church just spoke about this on Sunday. I mean, it was just, oh, a, right. I love how God does that. We, things mm-hmm. that are relevant now, we either just actually spoke about with no knowledge of you and I talking about this, right. or it'll be something we talk about next week. God always just does that. I yeah, so that's cool. right. That's great. Yeah. And so these notes that I have were really kind of in this idea of, okay, we're going to begin to talk about the, there are any consequences for disobedience, right? It is interesting to sort of contrast Okay, so for example, one of the, when we got this content from several sources, some of which I wrote myself, and kind of this idea that, again, Ken, we've talked kind of a lot about this. So one of them was that in terms of reasons that churches and and Christians are not sharing much of the gospel, right? That Christians don't want to share the truth of the gospel for fear that they offend others, right? Political correctness is too commonplace even amongst Christians. And so you contrast, Ken, what you've said with something like that, right? We're kind of afraid, we're kind of scared. But then I kind of go, yeah, but the other side of that is any fear that we would have or any errors that we would be making are sort of temporary in this idea of eternity, right? So part of this, Ken, kind of came about, and I know we need to get to this passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 3, but just yesterday, kind of a friend of a friend asked me to visit with his brother, who didn't have many, if any, really friends in Denver at the hospital. So I went to the hospital. So this guy, Jeff, kidney failure, the doctors have given him 10 to 15 days to live. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that's a guy right? Who's really staring at, this is sort of my entry into eternity, (laughs) right? But, you know, it really hit me that we all will have that time, right? We'll all have that time. And so, yeah, as in our human forms, we are afraid to share. We are afraid that people will look down on us or not like us or, but man, as actually, as it relates to this staring on the other side of it, and then our lives are just but a very small blip, right, on the yeah. kind of an internal timeline. And so that's what we're talking about here. So let me just read this passage. Of course, many people are familiar with it in First Corinthians chapter 3, but the Apostle Paul is, yeah, of course, writing to the Corinthians church, and he, uh, he writes this. He says, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master building, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Let each one take care of how he builds on it. So we're talking about, you know, this foundation of, that our foundation of our lives, of course, as Christians are uh, Jesus Christ. He says in verse 11, for no one can lay a foundation other than which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. So now in our earthly lives, right, we get a choice of kind of how we build on that foundation. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one of us has done. And so we have this choice, right, in these earthly lives that we have, how are we going to build on this foundation of Jesus Christ in, in our lives? And I've often just saw this, Ken, as kind of a two different categories of building materials, right? Gold, silver, precious stones, which are kind of 
the good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Costly stuff or wood, hay or straw. And then in verse 14, he goes on and says, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So, of course, Ken, the first comment about this passage is that we're not talking about necessarily people's salvation. Like, Mm -hmm. we're not going to get into a, you can lose your salvation deal, right? If you've received and believed in Jesus Christ, that foundation is solid. But... On the other hand, it's also pretty clear, right, that there's going to be this testing fire, and then each one's work will be manifest, right? If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So again, when we talk about this passage, it's easy to get into, well, there are different levels in heaven and all of that business, right? <laughs> Rewards, consequences. All yeah, that's right. But it is clear, and maybe this would be the main point, that there will be loss, and in Scripture, it clearly talks about loss, right? So uh, we know from other passages, um, one of our six marks of a disciple, that a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit, and mm-hmm. a good tree can't bear bad fruit. So there's that whole discussion of, okay, there are, what we're doing within what Jesus has given us, right? We're, gonna, we're either going to bear good fruit or bad fruit. So Ken, how does that all hit you as you've now hearing this? It's in terms of there will be loss. We don't know what that looks like. But it certainly seems like, yeah, yeah, it'd be great to obey Jesus and the things that he's commanded us to do. So there's some pretty, uh, it's a deep piece of scripture, right? I mean, yes. So it can take you in a lot of different depths of just a few different directions. Let me say it that way. Yes. And it, part of it is the reward consequence. Part of it is the testing, you know, the the revelation of your life before others, all that kind of stuff that can be talked about and contrast to the passage later where we know that in heaven there will be no weeping. And you go, okay, is the, is the test before we get to that place where there's no weeping? Oh, right. Because um, I don't want to go to heaven and be scorned and weeping. Or suffer loss. Or, or suffer right. loss to, right. to go through that. Not that I don't, I mean, I want to get to heaven. I want to get through that right. place. And to know that I'm I'm saved. I've committed my life to Jesus Christ. I know he's my savior. I know he's forgiven me. I know that I have eternal life with the Lord now. Um, and I know that I have that then. I know that that's not going away. And that passage is one of those clear markers of that. But saying that, I was just talking to somebody this morning about how how can we look at the depth of potential in the human person, right? The unbelievable, seemingly infinite possibilities of the human brain and the way that we've built and designed and created more and more efficiencies in technology and that this world just continues to get faster and bigger and stronger and better at all these different things. I mean, how can it all be for not, right? That's the first part. Right. And then the second part is when I'm, I just wonder and awe about how God created mankind, um, which makes me even more in wonder and awe about who he is because he's even greater. So when I think about that, I think that he's created us with this kind of blueprint to succeed, to excel, to want to be in reward, to want to be in victory. I feel like he's built us that way. So when I think about a passage like that, I think, man, it encourages me to go, I I want to do what God created me to do. I want to find that purpose and calling and fulfillment in all that he's created me for, because it's so much greater than anything I could experience in self-ambition and self-fulfillment. You know I mean? It just seems so drastically contrast to what the world has to offer versus what God has to offer in just the realization of he gave his life for me. I've committed to give 
back my life to him so that I can be in constant fellowship with him. And then let's see what he'll do to me, for me, with me. What has God got in store for me? What did he create me for? I don't know that I'll ever get that answer, but boy, do I want to strive for those levels of, I won't even call them reward, though the passage does, but those levels of accomplishment in who God wants me to be. Right. I can't even imagine what that would look like given the potential that we see in just the human makeup. Mm, That's really, I think that's really good, Ken. That's very good. Because obviously, I mean, even in a passage like this, right, and one of the areas that we have to talk about is, I mean, we're sinners saved by grace. We talked about in the last episode about, you know, the depravity of man and Obviously, if you spend a quiet time or two just focusing on that and, you know, what we read, you know, David, and he's just so broken about who he is. And, you know, (laughs) I mean, uh, again, none of us will probably go through that process and not suffer some loss, right? It's not like some of us will just the the nature of man. On the other hand, I think you're exactly right that why wouldn't you want to do kind of everything that God has called you to do and obey, you know, be someone who's always striving to know God's word intimately and obey it completely. And again, even in that, and I mentioned that phrase a lot because in a one eight catalyst, it's one of our core values that those are, that's who we want to be, right? People who know God's word intimately and obey it completely. And even then we're still not going to obey it completely. Right. right. And so certainly this is not a, those of us who have done some work in missions or evangelism are even better than others. It's just simply a matter of there will be loss. And why wouldn't we want to just do the best that we can do to live for him? So can it reminded me as you were talking too, by the way, of one of the passages that is on our 1-8 Catalyst Steps Towards Great Commission bookmark, which by the way, if anyone's interested in this, it's been a good tool for people to just put in your Bible and do a quiet time or two and just uh, you know know the passages and become familiar with them. But we talk about the number three point of does the Great Commission apply to me? We have this Jesus talking about some things and he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord and not do what I tell you? So this is Luke six forty six. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house. Again, we have this analogy of, you know, building, right? Who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So again, we dance around some of these things. Again, we're not talking about a salvation issue or any of that, but again, it does seem in multiple times, Ken, that Jesus and then later the Apostle Paul talk about loss, right? Jesus here, you do what I tell you to do, and right, you're building on this foundation that kind of lasts. You hear what I say, and you don't do it, the stream's going to come, and there'll be great ruin. Now, what ex- how exactly we interpret that of course, in the five minutes we have left in our podcast, you know, we probably we don't get into that too far. Other than there is ruin, there is loss. What exactly that looks like, you know, we're not sure. There's consequence. But, yeah, there's yeah. consequences, and I guess I'm I'm one who goes. I know I'll still have some consequences, but I certainly, as you were just talking about, would love to just be someone that yeah knows what Jesus has commanded and did my best to obey it. Yeah, for sure. And the results of obeying are the accomplishments and victory in him. And I mean, mm. I, I'm just a stupid football coach, right? And that's what, not, not that, <laughs> not that football coaches are stupid, but I'm a, I'm a stupid football coach. Oh. <laughs> but, but I, you know, in my head, I start thinking about like, you know, I mean, if I got a guy 
who I've coached him to do a certain thing. And if he does that job well, we're able to move the ball, right? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't do the job well, I got to take him out of the game because he's not doing it well. And I got to put somebody else in there who will do it. Does that mean he's not part of the team? No, he's still on the team, mm-hmm. but he's suffering a consequence of not being able to play the game because he's not That's doing good. the job that he was taught to do. Now, if our team goes and is victorious and wins a championship, does he get to get a ring? He does get a ring. All right. But he wasn't enjoying the labor and fun and time on the field that the other players were because he wasn't doing the job that he was given to do. He wasn't able to build on the foundation of the things that he was taught to accomplish the goal that we all had in mind. That's my silly analogy. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good analogy. And of course, we want to understate what you said about football coaches generally, right? We don't want to get that much. We don't want to get a lot of phone calls. No, no, no. They're super smart. Believe (laughs) me. That's why every year I go and sit down with them all because I'm dumb and they're smart and I'm trying to learn more. That's right. But it's a good analogy because you see teams who, same players, but you bring in a new coach and you get different results sometimes. Yeah. Right? And so (laughs) I think you're exactly right. That's a very good analogy. So thanks for that, Ken. So I hope for everyone as we end this episode that it's an encouragement, actually, right? That it's just, there's reasons why the Lord asks us to do stuff and I mean, again, it's a, somewhat a matter of he knows best, and there is fulfillment uh, found in obeying uh, the Lord. And we know that for uh, disobedience, there's uh, consequences. Again, as Ken said, you're still on the team, but there will be loss and there will be consequences. And so my encouragement to those that are listening today would just be to know your Bible, pay attention to when Jesus actually gives commands or when there are commands from God, like if you read through the Old Testament, through the Apostle Paul and others in the New Testament, pay attention to those things and obey them, adhere to them. And there are reasons for that, right? Just like, Ken, you and I are both parents, and you know that sometimes the kids just don't know best, right? I mean, That's as parents, right. we know better. It's like, no, don't touch that. It's going to be hot. Or I really need you to go do this right now, right? And there, <laughs> there are reasons for that, right? Right, And it's just that same way, I think, with God and us a lot of times. I mean, he's given us his instruction through his word. And so that would be my encouragement. Uh, Ken, any final words from you before we end? I don't know that, again, I was talking in the beginning of this about being redundant about things we've covered, and I feel yes. like I'm being redundant in the in the one episode over and over again, just to say- I think it's okay, though. You know, yeah. um, what a joy to be able to, to recognize this tremendous gift and be able to build on that and to be able to see the, the fruits of the labor the way that God wants you to see them. I think maybe that's the thing I would end on is sometimes I think mm. we see- what we want to see as a result of what God may be doing in our lives. Yes. And we forget to look at it like, what does God want to see? And how pleased is he with what he sees as a result of what we do in his kingdom and for his kingdom and stuff? Oh, right. I think it may be just a different way of looking at things. I know for me, just in this episode, I'm encouraged as we talk about wanting to go, you know, you get to a point where you go like, man, do I need to just stop kind of everything I'm doing and just go full throttle on mm. this. And and that's never a bad thought. I'll just encourage anybody yes. to say, I don't think that's ever a bad thought. I, I have what I would say are rea- realities in my life with my own business and things like that. And yet I go, well, okay, so why is that standing in your way? Right? Oh, uh, right. Different things that you think God may be moving you towards. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm encouraged, I guess, is the bottom line of that. I want to go and do more 
with what God's given me Amen. in order to get to a different place with him. That's great. I think that's great. And that could be a whole another episode, but certainly <laughs> I think part of what you're talking about and you know, we're running short on time, but I think what you're talking about partially Ken is just kind of being intentional, right, with yeah. what God's given you. That's, and that's so maybe for you as an auto broker you decide, man, everyone that buys a car for me is going to get a little track or a little something, or I'm going to talk to them, or I'm, I'm going to, you know, whatever. Yeah. And now you may choose not to do that and you do some other way, but just being intentional on, okay, here's what God's given me, the including the gospel, and right? And then you just sort of order your life kind of around that. So Yeah. And even, yeah. even to not to prolong it too much, but even to say, actually, I always am amazed at the life of Billy Graham. And I remember, probably brought it up before, but there's a fantastic video called God's Ambassador about the life of Billy Graham. And not, I mean, not that Billy Graham's not alive, but this is a tremendous recollection of generations mm-hmm. that he's impacted because he did what God wanted him to do. And it, and it got to a place where, when he was young where he said, I'm not going to let anything stand in the way of me going out to accomplish what I feel God is calling me to do. And as a result of him making that decision and not swaying from it, he's had a life of tremendous fruit. Oh, yeah, fruitful, um, yeah. And I think that anyone in the church world, anyone in the that has even a, an inkling of an evangelical mindset could look at Billy Graham and go, wow, yeah. God really did something with that guy's life. And not that he's saying, I'm going to do this so that I'm rewarded in heaven. Right. But certainly if you read that passage and go, boy, if there's somebody that's probably in the reward side of things. Yes. I mean, we don't know him apart from his public life, <laughs> right? But on the reward side, surely, you know, Billy Graham has seen accomplishments. And I think what I want to f- feel personally and see personally in my life is that I'm not even thinking the reward in heaven part, but the joy of seeing things that God wanted you to do fulfilled. I mean, the peace and the comfort and the joy and the that awesome amazement at him accomplishing things in your life and accomplishing things in other people's lives and having you get to be a part of it. Not even that you did anything, but that you get to see it. You get to be a part of it. Yes. You know? It's like witnessing greatness sometimes. You're always like in the sports world, when you witness something that it's a once in a lifetime thing in sports, you go, boy, what a thrill it was to be able to see that. You yes, know? that's right. So in, in the world of Christianity, you know, if you're doing the things that God's called you to do and you're seeing the fruits come out of that, what a joy every time that happens to say, wow, what an amazing thing that I got to witness that. I got to be a part of it in some way. Yeah, think, definitely. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I probably could keep talking on this. I think. Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And you're, that's right. So that's Ken Watmore. He's at Ken Watmore on uh, Twitter. I'm at Missions Mike. And uh, of course, you can go to our website. Of course, we'd love to hear from y'all, especially you football coaches. So we look forward <laughs> to hearing from you. So at 1acatalyst.org. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. And yeah, we'll look forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.